This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. The title of this message is, What a Faithful God. What a Faithful God. And uh, I first came up with this uh, title and also this whole subject of God's faithfulness after listening to a song. And the title of the song is, What a Faithful God. It was written by a young man named Robert Critchley. And here are the words to that song. Lord, I come before your throne of grace. I find rest in your presence and fullness of joy in worship and wonder. I behold your face. Now, we know we can't see God's face, but from the Word of God, we know God's character. We're going to talk about that just in a minute. He says, I behold your face, singing what a faithful God have I. What a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. Faithful in every way. Lord of mercy, you have heard my cry. Through the storm, you're the beacon, my song in the night. In the shelter of your wings, hear my heart's reply, singing, what a faithful God have I. Lord, all sovereign, granting peace from heaven, let me comfort those who suffer with the comfort you have given. I will tell of your great love for as long as I live, singing, what a faithful God have I. All right, if you're taking notes, number one, when you think about the fact that we have a faithful God, number one, He is faithful in character. Look at verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It speaks of God's character. God is faithful. You see, someone's character describes the kind of type or quality that person is. That word character means an engraving instrument. You think about an engraver, someone who carefully engraves something. He takes it the way it is, and he makes it into what he would have it to be by engraving it. Now think of God's character. Thinking of what a faithful God that we have, God's faithfulness. That means He's always there. He may not give us what we want, but He will always perfectly give us what we need. And He's always there. He cannot not be there. He is faithful in His character. It marks Him. It engraves Him. But the truth is this. No one made God. No one engraved God. No one made him what he is in his faithfulness. God has always and will always be a faithful God. He's perfectly faithful in character, and therefore he's faithful in every single activity that he does. We may not understand God's activity, but even in his activity that we do not understand, God is being faithful because he cannot be otherwise. Now, in our humanity and in our confusion that we see sometimes in our own lives, in the lives of those around us, and of course all over the world, our desire sometimes is to pull this God who was not created, this God who is perfect in all of His ways, is to pull Him down and to mold Him into the God that we want. And we can't do that. If God allowed that, 
he would cease to be a faithful God. In his character and in his love, he is absolutely immovable and he is steadfast. Now, listen to these measurements of God's faithfulness. Now, I know you can't measure it. God's faithfulness is like him. He is measureless. But listen to the psalmist and listen to Psalm 36, 5. Speaking of God, he says, Your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Now, that doesn't mean that God's faithfulness is limited in that. What that is trying to convey is that God's faithfulness is absolutely limitless. Mankind cannot get away from our faithful God. And then in Psalm 119.90, the psalmist says, Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth, and it stands. God created the heavens and the earth. They're still here. And they stand because they all consist of Him, and His faithfulness is likewise. It stands, it endures, it doesn't change. Mankind cannot outlive God's faithfulness. You can't measure it. It can't be outlived. And so when you look in the Scripture at all the attributes of God, remember this, that God is constantly faithful in all that He does, in all the attributes that you see, God is constantly faithful. You say, why should that bring me comfort? Why should I care about this? Well, I'll tell you what. Let yourself get in a hard spot. Let yourself get in a situation that you don't understand. Or let your doctor tell you that you've got something wrong with you that we don't really understand it, but we're going to treat it the best we can. And then you begin to gather around you, your friends, and y'all pray for me. They don't know what to do. I mean, this is something they've never seen before. And you know what? At that moment, you're going to be thinking, I sure hope God is faithful. You're going to be relying on the faithfulness of God. And this is the truth. God is faithful. Whether you live or die, God is faithful. Amen? He's faithful from the beginning. He's faithful to the end. As we know time, God is absolutely faithful. So number one, He is faithful in His character. He stamped faithfulness. So you can say, I can't explain everything. I don't understand everything. But I do know this. God is faithful period. Amen? And just like the song he says, I find rest in your presence and fullness of joy in worship and wonder. I behold your faith sitting before God, resting in him, beholding his faith, that is beholding the character of God that is stamped for all eternity. God is faithful. Number two, not only is He faithful in His character, He's also faithful in His call. All of us have been called. So I want to ask you, I don't want to put you on a performance track or a performance wheel. You know that I'm against that. It's all about grace, and it's about the work of the Holy Spirit and the way God's gifted you, but I'm saying this. Are you faithful to the call of God that was put on your life at the moment of your salvation? Are you faithful 
to the call that's been put on your life from the moment of salvation. Look at verse 9 again of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Verse 9 says, God is faithful, listen, through whom, listen, you were called. Each one of us that would say, I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind. That is a person saying, I am a child of God, and the Bible tells me I am called by God. God is faithful. That's His character. Through whom you were called. So this is what it's saying. You and I are called whether we know it or not. And the one who called us is what? Faithful. No matter what, He's faithful in our call. Because you are a child of God, and the one who called us as His child is faithful, and because of His attributes and His ways in His faithfulness, we are called to a quality of life which in and of ourselves we cannot accomplish. It's absolutely impossible. We can't live out day by day the call that God has put upon us. But this is the beauty. He never called us to something that He cannot and will not do in and through us as we abide in Him. And so, how can we be engraved with this character of this faithful God? How can we be engraved? How can we say our children can look to us and see Christ in us? Can our parents and can our grandparents... Can our children, can our people we work with, our friends, our neighbors, would they say about you, he, she is faithful? And the reason they would be able to say that is because you're following and you're indwelt by a faithful God. And so therefore, over many years, you have been engraved in character and people would say, he is faithful. She is faithful. See, you and I are called by God, who is a faithful God, and God engraves us in character as we abide in Him. So, we've got a war going on between us. You say, Pastor Chris, you're saying that this faithful God has called me. Called me to what? He's called you and me to walk, number one, in oneness with Him that will shape our character and make us become more like Christ, which is ultimately God's plan and will for you is to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ, to chisel you, to engrave you, so that your character is one of a faithful man, faithful woman of God over many years. But I've got a war going on inside of me, Pastor. And the Bible says that we have a war going on between us. It's between the flesh, which is self. I want to have my own way, Pastor. I'm just admitting I want to have my own way. And then the Holy Spirit is saying, no, you're going to go my way. You're going to go God's way. And so that's going on inside. I've got a pull to do wrong. I've got a pull to do right. Pastor, how can I be faithful how can I fulfill the call of God upon my life when there is an internal war going on between me and God? And pastor, to be honest with you, I still sin. Well, 
the one that's up here now, I still sin. I don't want to ever sin again, but I find myself sinning. All of us struggle with sin after salvation. But listen, what does our text say? God is what? Faithful. Do you think there's ever a sin that you can ever commit that God didn't already know about before the foundation of the world? Our God knows everything. God knew what Adam and Eve would do, and God knew what all of us would do. Until the day we die, God knows everything there is about us. And in His faithfulness, He created the heavens and the earth, populated this earth with us, knowing everything that we would do, whether good or bad. But even in our sin as His children, with the call of God upon our life, people should be able to look at us and look for that same faithfulness that God is. We still struggle in our humanity. We still struggle inwardly. Here's the good news. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Listen to this. Take hold of this. May this cheer you up. Now look, he's speaking to believers. He's speaking to people who are called by God. They're children of God. If we confess our sins, oh, you mean God's children have sins? Yeah, we do. We don't want it, but we all struggle. If we confess our sins, listen to this. He is what? He's faithful. There you go. God is faithful. He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, we're sinners by birth. In other words, we come into this world separated from God. That's what the Bible teaches. You can see this in, in Romans real clearly. But not only are we sinners by birth, we come into this world with a disposition of sin to sin, but we also sin by practice. In other words, we act on what we are. There's an old saying, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. Because we're born in sin, we have actions of sin, and so we're sinners by birth, we're sinners by practice, and we're sinners by choice, of course. We choose, we willfully sin and disobey God. But the good thing is this, God is faithful. As we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me ask you this. Jesus Christ died on the cross about 2,000 years ago. How many sins did He die for? He died for all of them. One act for all time, He died for all sins. So let me ask you this. When you ask God to forgive you, when does He forgive you if you are a child of God? This is the truth. You're already forgiven. Before you even ask God to forgive you, you already are. Jesus does not have to come back and die on the cross again for your sins. Jesus Christ has already died for all of your sins once for all. You say, well, why do we need to confess our sins, Pastor? This is why. It is not for God. It is for you. You see, when you confess, that means you're agreeing, what I've just done is wrong. And then what we do after we confess our sins, you know what we should do? Thank Him for His forgiveness. Why? Because it's already been purchased on the cross one time forever 
2,000 years ago. So the truth is this. You and I stand in a state of forgiveness. That doesn't give us a license to sin, no way. That should motivate us, that should humble us and motivate us to live a holy life on earth. So, because we're sinners by birth, because we're sinners by practice, because we're sinners by choice, we can choose to walk independently of God as a child of God, and we get out of fellowship with Him. We get out of communion with Him. First John chapter 1, verse 7 says this, But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses, really goes on cleansing us from all sin. Now this does not mean we have a license to sin, like I said. This means that we stand under the forgiveness of God, and though, yes, we all have this struggle within us to go our own way and walk out of the protection of a faithful God, God still is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin. And so, our faithful God has provided forgiveness. But not only that, our faithful God has provided protection. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. All of us know what it means to be tempted. To enter into a time we say, I'm being tempted right now. Listen to what our faithful God does in our temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation, not a single one, has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. That means that temptation that you and I feel in our day-to-day lives, it is common to everyone around us. There's people struggling with the same things that we struggle with. So there's no temptation overtaking you, but such as is common to man. And listen, God is what? He is faithful. Not only is He faithful in His forgiveness, He's faithful in His protection of us when we're in temptation. God is faithful, listen, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. You can know this. Your faithful God, my faithful God, will not allow us to get into temptation to a degree that we cannot overcome it. He won't let us get that far. He says, you will not be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, listen to this, what will He do? He'll provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure. It says here, we'll provide the way of escape. You know what that is? This is the way of escape. It's the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit in you. That is your answer to all temptation. Sometimes we get so focused on stop this, stop that, not going to do this, make no provision, all these things, and memorize a ton of Scripture trying to do away with temptation. Listen, it's the power of the Holy Spirit living in you is always the 100% answer to escape temptation. We have to say no to me, yes to God, and He keeps us above the temptation. It is a choice we have to continue to make all of our lives. So whenever we are trapped, Jesus is the only way out. Whenever we are trapped, you can know this, Jesus is the only way out. God's Spirit carry me away from this temptation. And so, in our faithful God, He is not allowing temptation beyond what we are able, and He empowers us 
through it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Now listen to this. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall, or lest he falls in some translation. This is where we have to be careful. This church has been faithfully teaching grace, who we are in Christ, what we have in Him for more than 20 years. This is where we have to be careful. We can so know that, and so know that even my sins next week are completely under the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is absolutely true. And we can teach, and it is true, that we're totally clothed in the righteousness of Christ. If we're not careful, we will stop depending on the Holy Spirit of God and we'll enter into temptation without the power of the Holy Spirit on us. Be careful. Those of us who do know the message, let's be careful because we may be standing and not realizing that we're not really standing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24 says this, Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, look at this. Faithful is He who calls you, and He also will bring it to pass. So, our God is faithful. Can't even begin to be measured how faithful He is. And this same God who is faithful took us and saved us even when we didn't even know that we needed Him. He came upon us by the conviction of the Holy Spirit and He regenerated us. He saved us. And He is faithful from here forward forever. He's faithful in all that He does. And so we got to depend on Him. Paul here is not saying that we will be faultless here and now on this earth. Sometimes we get so enamored by trying to be perfect, the perfect Christian. And then sometimes we get so tired of trying so hard to be the perfect Christian that we just give up and say, I'm just going to go the other direction. We're positionally faultless before God because He sees us in Christ Jesus forever. The reason He sees us in Christ is because He sees us crucified with Christ. But on this earth in our day-to-day living, we're not faultless. Our desire is to be faultless, but we're not faultless. But this is what people should see. Though we're not faultless, and people see our sin, and they see our struggles, they should know, but I want to tell you about her. She knows a faithful God, and she is a faithful woman of God. She is not faultless here and now. Positionally, she is. But I can tell you this. When she enters into sin, it still bothers her. And she's quick to repentance and getting up and going again. Amen? That's what people want to see. How in the world does a child of God walk in this world system that we are, knowing that there's a struggle within us, God is faithful in all of this, 
even in confession and repentance of a sin after salvation, God is faithful. Third and last thing is this. Not only is God faithful in character, and God is faithful in the call that He's put on us, He will do it, but God is faithful in His communion. That is fellowship, the ongoing fellowship. Verse 9 again says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the word fellowship here is better translated communion. This fellowship, this communion with God. 1 John 1.3 says, What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have, listen, fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to what he's saying here. Go back to verse 9. God is faithful through whom we were called as individuals. We're called to God for, for His purposes. Listen, through whom you were called, and what was I called into? Listen to this. Fellowship, communion, oneness. We're called, listen, into Fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so he says, again in 1 John 1, 3, he says, our fellowship, that communion, is what? Is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now think about that. You and I have a faithful God. Can't measure Him. And in His faithfulness, he called you to Himself. And according to these Scriptures, and we're going to look at some more, when you entered into a personal relationship with this faithful God, you entered into a oneness of communion and fellowship with Him. And when you think of this song where He says, I find rest in Your presence and fullness of joy, in worship and wonder, I behold your faith. That speaks of experiencing the oneness and the fullness that you and I have in Christ Jesus. You think about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Think about the teaching of Paul. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. Think about the Trinity, my friend. Listen, the Trinity's in you and you're in the Trinity. You're in the fullness of God. You've been called into fellowship, communion. And this fellowship and communion that you're called into is into a faithful God that has no measure. You're in Him. He's in you. What a faithful God, my friend, we have. Listen to what Jesus said in His high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, verse 21. Listen to this. Talking about the disciples, and therefore I believe talking about all Christians that there would ever be for all of the rest of time. Listen to what Jesus said about you. Remember, you're called. You're called into fellowship with Him. Listen to what Jesus said about this. He says that they all may be one even as you, Father, are 
in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying that you are in this faithful God and this faithful God is in you. You say, Pastor, I need to experience his faithfulness at this point in my life. It will be by the power of the Holy Spirit who's in you that you'll experience heaven on earth. We sing it. Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. When at the cross, the Savior made me what? Whole. My friend, listen, the reason you're whole completely is because you're in Christ and Christ is in you. You're in fellowship with Him. You're in communion with Him. He's faithful and you're in Mr. Faithfulness and Mr. Faithfulness is in you and you can be, because you're called, a faithful woman in God empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Anything other than that is immediate moving back into the flesh of God. So let's look again at our main text. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Let's look again at this. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship. This speaks of something that you're called to with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son. You see, the reason Paul emphasized this was because the church at Corinth, this was to the Corinthians, the church at Corinth had a main problem. And this was their main problem. They had disunity. And you know what Paul was doing? He was gently rebuking them, and he was giving them a word of comfort because basically they were a bad reflection of God the Father and God the Son. You see, we are to walk in unity. And this is, has to be the understanding. We're not ever going to walk in unity trying to get someone to see and think and believe things the way I see, believe, and think. That's never going to work in humanity. But this is what Paul was saying. It may seem hopeless, Corinthians. God is faithful. That's what he's saying. He said, God is faithful. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, God is faithful. And then he goes on to say, through whom you were called into fellowship with his son. There lies the answer right there. Each individual, knowing that I'm in Christ, Christ is in me, that though I have this internal struggle, warring between the flesh and the spirit, warring within me, I have the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to help me overcome the pull of that, and when I'm entering into temptation, the Holy Spirit will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I am able, and He empowers me to overcome that temptation. And when all of these things are happening within us, what is happening is this. We're being engraved and stamped with the character of God, and one being which God is faithful. Amen? It's the work of God in the soul of man according to the power of the Word of God. And so this is his way of saying, hey, look, you're damaging 
the reputation of God the Father and God the Son. Each turn back to the focus of God the Father, the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. Let Him control you, and it affects the whole body. Psalm 133.1 says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The most beautiful times in my life is when I've been with brothers and sisters in Christ who this message, this most beautiful message of oneness had dawned upon their consciousness and they were now seeing everything through this lens. My most special times in all of my life is being with those men and women who had discovered it, were walking in it, and there was just joy, fullness, and the presence of God. How good and pleasant it is, or how bad and unpleasant it can be, if that's not known, or if this is known but not walked in, it can distort what can be. Paul said to the Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Paul says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the, look, calling. Our faithful God has called each one of us to oneness with Him. Paul is saying, you cold one who walks in oneness with Him, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. How? With all humility and gentleness, patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know what he's saying? When we're walking in oneness, that means we're walking controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, when he says humility, gentleness, patience, you know what we're seeing? That's not necessarily the way we are. But that is Christ in us that people see. So this unity happens as God's children see something special and choose to walk by faith in it. You say, well, how does all this really happen? I mean, how, how does this happen? Where does this come from? How does this get from heaven to us? And this is it. You've heard it a zillion times. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, day by day by day, I live by faith in a God who's faithful. I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and delivers Himself up for me. Everything He's saying in this passage to the church at Corinth, and they were struggling with disunity, he was given the answer to the unity, and this is it. It is oneness in Christ, and here's the encouragement and the comfort. God is faithful. No matter what happens, God is faithful. The answer is oneness in Christ plus nothing. Amen? You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.